We're going shopping for consumer goods dividends on this CG edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly here in studio at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Tuesday, November 17th, and this week is Dividend Week on Industry Focus. Uh, Vincent Shen is out today and filling in for him and joining us on the phone from the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, is Motley Fool contributor Adam Levine-Weinberg. Morning, Adam, and how is it going? I'm doing well. How are you, Sean? Not too shabby. I got my coffee, got my water, ready to talk some dividends. It's all good. Uh, That sounds great. So, uh, Adam, I talked to you a few days ago uh, about today's show, and once again, thanks for filling in for Vince. Um, and you, uh, you're willing to dive right into the carnage of the retail sector for some reason I'll never understand. Um, you picked Macy's for a great consumer sector dividend stock, which I happen to agree with, and we'll get into the reasons why in a few. Um, before we get into the nitty-gritty of Macy's as an income stock, um, can you just give you know listeners some perspective as to what's been going on in the retail sector? Because last week alone was a bloodbath. Yeah, that's right, Sean. Uh, retail stocks really got hit hard last week, and uh, Macy's was definitely uh, one of the big reasons for that. Macy's stock peaked in mid-July at $73.61, uh, but since then, it's fallen by nearly 50%, uh, and as of this morning, it's below $39. Um, so a lot of that, that drop has happened just in the last week or two uh, after it's three earnings, which were already expected to be pretty bad, were even worse than that. Um, and the company is uh, seeing strong, you know, big sales declines. Um, but the result of this is that the quarterly dividend is still $0.36, cents, and so the annual yield, which in the middle of July was a little under 2%, is now 3.7%. And that really makes Macy's an intriguing stock, at least, for dividend investors. Yeah, that is just crazy because that's more than a thirty-year Treasury right now. I mean, this is—I mean, these are higher than bonds in the U.S. government. Um, so, what's going on with the business? Because you know, you and I did a—you uh, were very gracious enough to call in um, a number of months ago, and we talked about Macy's again. Uh, you know, then as well, and um, we both—I mean, I think were were—I mean, their their returns on equity, their their shift to doing the uh, you know the online and the the stores, I, it, it was all just awesome. We, we, they're clearly the strongest player, especially compared to like a, a J.C. Penny or a Sears. Um, what's going on with the fundamentals? Because long term, I still I, I think the story is intact. Yeah, so obviously you wouldn't want to invest in Macy's just because of the high dividend yields if you if you really thought that the business was in grave danger. Because sooner or later, if you're not making money, you have to cut the dividend. Um, and then, as Thank an income you. investor, you're yeah. you're out in the cold. You know, there's no guarantees to dividend. The company can stop it at any time. Um, so, looking at Macy's uh, last quarter, their comparable store sales, so that's sales in stores that have been open for at least a year, declined 3.6 percent um, from the prior year quarter. And the, Macy's expecting another decline um, on comparable sales for about two percent across the the full year. Um, so that's definitely not good. And Macy's has definitely seen a trend in the past two to three years of slowing uh, comparable store sales gains. But this is the first time in quite a while, really since the Great Recession, that you've had a, a year-long significant decline in comp sales. Um, on a year-to-date basis, Macy's um, EPS is $1.56 or $1.76, excluding some asset impairments. And that's down year-over-year. Last year, it was $2 and a penny. Um, and Macy's current guidance for the full year implies that you'll see this double-digit decline uh, continue 
into the fourth quarter, again, excluding any gains from asset sales or special items. But you have to put this in the broader context because Macy's is coming off of a six-year streak of double-digit EPS growth. So it's not like this is a company, um, like you mentioned, Sears, JCPenney, where there's been a lot of struggles. And there, you know, a few bad quarters you know, could be a really bad sign. For Macy's, the company's basically been doing well until this year. And so it's worth looking um, at the service to see why it's not doing well in 2015 and whether it might be able to recover. Yeah, so they've got this shift to where they're trying to meet consumers in cyberspace as well. I mean, they built that huge um, distribution facility, which, I, as I understand it, and I've talked about it before, um, they built it in Oklahoma, and I'm pretty darn sure it rivals an Amazon warehouse. Like, it's top of the line. It cost them three, four million dollars. I mean, it was it. Is is online sales balancing these declines in physical stores at all? Um, so Macy's, uh, a couple of years ago, stopped reporting its online sales separately. Um, but And it, it had, for a long time, just reported the, the growth numbers for online sales without necessarily breaking out the exact dollar amount. But as of a few years ago, they were already at $2 billion and rising, you know, by at least 20% a year, and, and in a lot of years, they were rising by 40%. So they are actually growing their online business right. faster than Amazon for quite some time. Um, that's and, an achievement in itself, I would think. Yeah, and so that's definitely a big business for them, um, but it's still smaller than, than the retail stores, and the comp sales figures that I was discussing earlier, that actually includes the online. So you can bet that the, the online is still growing at a healthy clip, and just the retail is declining even faster. Um, and so that's you know creating some some need to kind of rebalance and, and figure out a new strategy to get the most value out of um, the the stores that are in the network right now. So comps are dropping. You know they're 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 projecting a decline in earnings for this year. Um, what are they doing to recover? So making this. Um, Going, basically going after this with a, a multi-pronged strategy. So the first thing is they're starting to explore some new growth avenues beyond the traditional department store and even beyond the online component of, of its traditional department store business. So one thing that they're doing is they bought a, the Blue Mercury chain, which is uh, sort of luxury fashion or, or beauty uh, stores, um, more boutique size, so quite small compared to a department store. Uh, and they're building more of those standalone Blue Mercury stores, uh, and at the same time, they're putting Blue Mercury boutiques into existing Macy's department stores to make better use of space and to boost sales in the beauty department of each Macy's store. They're also testing Macy's Backstage, which is a new off-price concept, so it's like a TJ Maxx or a, a Nordstrom Rack. I was about um, to say, where- that's reminiscent of... Uh, of uh... Nordstrom's Nordstrom Rack, and that's been a huge success. So, yeah, and and Macy's has already been in that business to some extent uh, because they they also own the Bloomingdale's chain, which is upscale relative to Macy's, and Bloomingdale's has a, a chain of outlet stores. So Macy's is trying to sort of move that more into the mass market now, um, and it's just a test at the moment. But they are are really talking about rolling that out more broadly over the next few years. And Macy's is even testing an e-commerce joint venture in China. So they have a bunch of different things that they're trying, um, which will hopefully add more growth. At the same time, they also need to focus on getting costs down to be more in line with the sales they're seeing today. So the company announced last week as part of its earnings report that 
they're cutting their SG&A spending by about a half billion dollars relative to their prior plan, and that'll be implemented by 2018. Um, so you'll see um, incremental uh, improvements in their selling costs over the next few years. Um, and as part of that, they're closing 35 to 40 stores in early 2016. Um, and plan to continue closing stores that are underperforming. Now, those are essentially, um, um, sorry to interrupt, just low traffic, unprofitable stores, obviously not the, the big ones in urban areas. Right. Um, for the, that's true for the most part. Um, there's some stores in urban areas where they're, they're closing their store, not because it's unprofitable, but because the real estate is so valuable that they can make more money by selling the building to someone who wow. wants to redevelop it. Yeah. But in most cases, yeah, the stores that are closing are the ones that are in the lower-performing malls where there's just less traffic. Maybe these are malls where JCPenney or Sears had a store which closed, and so now there's fewer people coming to the mall. Um, and you know, there's been a problem in the U.S. for quite some time that there's just too many malls relative to how many people want to go to the mall these days. Um, and so this is just a process that's going to continue for a while with you know paring down to a, a store number of stores that's more in line with today's reality where you don't actually need to go to the store for every uh, single purchase, some things you might just want to buy online. Got it. Uh, before we move on and going along with this week's income-focused theme, I wanted to point our listeners to a special article written by five industry-focused contributors detailing their top picks for dividend stocks. Just head to dividends.fool.com to learn our picks for the best dividend stocks of 2016. Once again, that's dividends.fool.com. Um, so, Adam, getting back to Macy's, I was talking a little bit about the dividend sustainability in the context of the cost cuts and everything, and um, actually their growth potential, because uh, if they aren't growing, that, that dividend will not last for long. Sure. So, if you look at the annual payout, it's now $1.44, um, and that's up from just $0.20 cents in the great re- during the Great Recession. So, you can see that Macy's really has been increasing its dividend quite rapidly uh, in the past few years. So, $1.44 is about 40% of Macy's projected EPS for this year, excluding any asset sale gains or special items. So that's a, a pretty good payout ratio. Uh, it means that you're getting a, a good proportion of the income, but it's not so high that you'd have to worry that a, a, a small blip in earnings would make the, the dividend too high to afford for Macy's. Uh, on a cash basis, Macy's has generated uh, operating cash flow of about $2.2 billion over the past 12 months, and the current dividend payout comes to roughly $450 million annually. So this means that Macy's has uh, really plenty of cash to cover its planned capital expenditures, which is reducing to under a billion dollars a year going forward, um, and still have uh, a lot of money left over for, for dividends and also for some share buybacks. Um, and just like if it were able to get its profit margin back to last year's level, Macy's could boost its cash flow. Um, because if you look at its operating cash flow, which is $2.2 billion in the past 12 months, just a year ago, it was $2.7 billion. So there's definitely some opportunity just in, in doing the retail basis a little bit better. Um, and Macy's is also likely to bring in a lot of cash from selling off real estate, uh, either real estate in stores where it doesn't want to operate a store anymore, or in some cases, it could be uh, really large stores in urban areas like New York, Chicago, and San Francisco, where the stores are so massive that you could uh, sell off the upper floors of those stores, bring in a lot of money, and still keep most of the sales because you'd have a lot of space left. Um, so Macy's is actually working with a real estate company to identify potential deals 
both for these flagship stores in those three cities I mentioned, as well as a, a few other stores. Um, and while those proceeds might get distributed through buybacks rather than dividends, as the faster Macy's can reduce its share count, the, the less it has to pay out in dividends um, for any given uh, dividend rate, which means it can basically raise its payout uh, faster. Yeah, per, on a so, per share basis, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So for foolish investors, you know, you made a lot of great points. What's the, the bottom line, the conclusion uh, that uh, uh, foolish investors, you know, just the listeners can go to check out, do their own research, but uh, that you want them to know? Yeah, so I think the main takeaway here is that Macy's has suddenly become a high-yielding stock with a 3.7% dividend yield. And the payout ratio remains quite modest. Um, and beyond that, Macy's profitability should improve going forward um, due to its cost cuts attempts to sell off real estate. Um, and that leaves a lot of room for dividend growth in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you for your thoughts. And uh, I can't thank you enough again for filling in for Vince, uh, Adam. You're very welcome. Have a great day. That is it for us fools. If you are a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For Adam Levine Weinberg, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!